The Eno Saris Show is sponsored by Fieldwork Brewing Company. With eight taproom locations in Northern California, Fieldwork brings you fresh craft beer direct from the source. Fieldwork will also ship beer direct to your door if you live in California. Visit fieldworkbrewing.com. Eno, it's great to see you. Too bad uh, you couldn't join us at the Athletic Club today. Hope all is well. What is shaking, my friend? Uh, it's good. It's, you know, we're getting down to the last weekend. Uh, unfortunately, it doesn't mean a lot for the A's, but uh, the Mets and Braves are going to have a pretty uh, crazy uh, weekend series that, uh, you know, there's a lot on the line for a team that uh, the difference between the wild card and uh, sitting on your butt for uh, three days while the other teams duke it out is a big deal. So uh, the Mets really want to take at least one or two of these games because they have the they have the uh, there's not going to be a game 163 this year. So they have the the, the tiebreaker. So if they come out of it tied, they, they should feel all right. Do we know weather-wise how they're going to be for that for that series? There's some thought that it won't be as bad in Atlanta as it is. I mean, if you're seeing the videos uh, from Florida, uh, it looks pretty 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 bad down there. But uh, they thought maybe Atlanta would be spared. So last night, I I was just going through the post game show and I was looking at home runs because we were talking about. You know, how are the A's going to turn this thing around? That's what we're going to be looking at. And, you know, the last few years, they've been built on the home run. They've been a, if you look at 2018, 2019, both playoff years, they were top fives and top five team in home runs. And then I started looking at going, oh my God, if you look at 2019, where we had the record for most home runs hit, uh, for a team with the Twins at 307. And then you have the Yankees right behind them at 306. This year, you have the Yankees that have a has a player that has 61. He's got 61. The Yankees are just at 243. My God, this humidor thing, maybe making the balls different, not as juiced, and this humidor thing, you want to talk about working Man, what a dramatic difference from 2019 to where we are today. Yeah, it's not the same for every homer. So pulled homers are down about 15%. Um, you know, pulled fly ball homers. Uh, opposite field home runs are down 30%. So, you know, if you take just a little bit away from an opposite field home run, it goes away. It's not even a homer. If you, you know, a lot of those pulled home runs are just moonshots and they'll still be homers if you take some feet away from them. Uh, so that's that's been part of it. And and Judge has made some adjustments to uh, have a little bit more pull uh, homer, uh, pull fly balls than, than oppo fly balls like he's had in the past. And that's part of why he's had such a great season. But yeah, they lead the league again. They hit the most homers all the time. Uh, but this year it's 243 versus 307. That's a big difference. Big Oakland, difference. though... But Oakland has really, they were sixth in the league in 2019, you know, and they had 257 homers that year. This year they have 131 and you can't, it's not just the, it's not the ball or humidor or anything like, because obviously this isn't the same team as they had back then. Uh, But it does, uh, it does raise the question if, if for example, the pull fly ball and the opposite field fly ball got affected differently by the situation, 
different parks might be being affected differently, you know, and it really does feel like the ball is more dead in Oakland uh, than almost anywhere. And I don't know if it's been unseasonably cold or this isn't, you know, a, 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 a thorough analysis where you'd have to account for, you know, you know, wind and temperature and everything, but it does seem deader than usual. And I, it's hard to sort of separate that from who's on the team this year, but uh, it does make you wonder, you know, what, what had happened over, you know, Moneyball was about OBP, right? And OBP had been maybe undervalued. People had been thinking about slugging and, and batting average. So they found a little, you know, time when OBP was undervalued. What you've actually found since then is that slugging percentage has become a little bit more valuable than on base percentage. And I think Oakland kind of readjusted to that. And they weren't actually the best teams in OBP over the last few years. Uh, but they have become really good slugging teams. What's their next adjustment, right? There has to be a next adjustment. And if you look at the types of players they're picking up this year, um, I- I'm worried that they're not making that same adjustment because you've got, uh, you know, they've got Dermis Garcia, um, you know, even like Christian Betancourt when he was on the team earlier. Um, you know, you're talking about like guys have been picking up, guys have been trying Sky Bolt, uh, Cody Thomas. A lot of these guys strike out a lot. You know, and it, and I think, and I think that that works if you hit the ball hard. Uh, but what if hitting the ball hard is not being rewarded as much? So, you know, I, I'm I, I'm a little bit more excited about um, you know two guys named Connor Capel and Jordan Diaz in a way, uh, because those guys make contact uh, and maybe could uh, be spray hitters. They might hit. 15 to 20 homers but we have to remember now 15 to 20 homers isn't what freddie galvis hits you know you know 15 to 20 homers nick allen in 2019 might have hit 15 to 20 homers <laughs> so now you have to recalibrate and uh 15 to 20 homers is the, is the new okay right so you know if capel and diaz do hit and are and are good players for them which you know i see enough there and even in the short samples that i think they could be uh, then it'll be a new kind of team that maybe strikes out less, sprays the ball, and is a little bit different of a team than they've had in the past. Can you imagine Nick Nick Allen with his 22nd home <laughs> run of the year? <laughs> no, the ball's not juice. No way. But you I mean, know, my big one was Freddie Galvis. I always go back to Freddie Galvis. I'm like, what is Freddie Galvis doing? What, he had like 25 <laughs> homers that year. I'm like, what is going on? I'm so glad you brought up Connor Capel because obviously Jordan Diaz is a guy who's mashed from double A, triple A, and he's now hitting at the big league level. And Connor Capel, as we love to say, a small sample size, but just kind of looking at him, he's built for me kind of like the comp that I had was Brian Giles. Mm. Kind of the way he's built and he's stocky. Uh, bat, goes, bat is a more level through the zone a lot longer. We've seen him flip the ball to left field along with pull it and hit it out of the ballpark. There's just it like good it's athlete, like, like runs well. Yeah, I, like I don't know what the actual game plan is for David Force in the offseason. We're we're gonna ask that in our last show of the year. But I'm trying to figure out the way that the A's did it in 18 and 19. David had a saying: ball goes far, team goes far. I don't see that you know, the next couple of years, we just don't have those players. So what will, what will be the game plan? How do you generate offense when you're last in batting average, you're second to last in run scored, you got to score runs, 
What's the game plan? What do you think is the best way for them to go about it in the short term to be competitive? You know, there was this uh, revolution in analytics where they said, oh, my God, pitchers can't control the line drive, you know, and and hitters line drive rates aren't sticky year to year. So we've been chasing line drives all this time, and they're they're actually kind of amorphous and hard to do anything about. Right. Well, if you look at the Dodgers, they are suppressing line drives at a, a rate we've never seen before in all of baseball, you know. They're, you know, in the, in this parlance of stats, they're three, three standard deviations out. Like that's, that's when you're like, Whoa, what is that's like the dot that's way out there, you know? Um, And they're probably doing it with a combination of really good game planning in terms of, uh, you know, they're doing things where they're modeling the shape of the swing of the hitter and the shape of the pitch coming in from their pitchers and, and then modeling where those balls spray and, and, and having like ex- excellent defensive positioning based on the physics of the interaction of the pitch, not just, Oh, this guy against right-handers, he puts the ball here, you know, no, yeah. like his shape of bat versus this shape of pitch creates this kind of a spray chart. Let's put our guys there. So that's part of it. Uh, they also, the suppressing line drives has to be a combination of how they you know coach their stuff up, that sort of deal. I would suggest that if you want to be out in front right now, you embrace line drives you embrace line drives on the hitting side and you research the best ways you know to find connor capels to find guys that hit you know hit line drives uh and make contact so you know you get those level swings rather than those uppercut swings you know so you find a lot you find you research the physics of creating line drives and you research the physics of suppressing line drives and you join, I mean, you, 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 you might be a couple of years after the Dodgers, but that's okay. You know, those, those guys have tons of PhDs and uh, tons of, tons of money in this, you know, they, they have a $300 million payroll. You're not in the same division. So thank God, you know, but, but on the same level, like that's what the Astros are doing. So I would say if I was David Forrest, I would think about the line drive. Uh, and I would also think about what I can do to improve our player development systems to sort of have this, uh, always on faucet of young players. It seems like the Astros just always have a new young pitcher. You know, that's great that they, they didn't have to trade for. They just, they found the guy. So those are the two things I would do if I were the A's. Now, I don't know why you're bringing up the Dodgers. It's kind of a mystery to me because clearly what they're doing is not working. <laughs> yeah, it's just leading the league in wins over the last 5, 10, 15 years. <laughs> yeah. Isn't it kind of crazy? Like yesterday I did my third inning hit with Vince and Ken on the uh, – on A's cast and the uh, A's radio network that I do every day during the game. And I'm like, okay, these guys literally are just squashing their competition. Like you had the giants last year, win 107 and they were talking a big game in the off season. Padres get Bob Melvin. They were talking a big game and they've literally just, excuse my language, kicked everybody's ass in their division. They've made them all look so small. I mean, I have the notes. They literally have outscored the Padres like 109 to like 49. I mean, it's, it's like they've demolished them. And to think, you know, when you start talking to win over 110 games, that means not only are you beating the bottom feeders, you're beating the over 500 teams too. Oh yeah, I mean, they they put another way, they have a run differential of 325. So they've outscored their opponents by 325 wins, yeah. 325 runs. 
So guess what the second place team has done? The second best team in that. It's the Yankees. They've outscored their their opponents by 235 runs. So the Dodgers are almost 100 runs better than the Yankees. And that's what, that's what, what that's was the final in that use. game last night? Was it 5-2? It was 5-2 and you know Okay, here it is. I got for you. So here you Most go. Most updated. Yeah, I got you the updates. see the updated stats here. The Dodgers whooping the Padres' ass. They get Bob Melvin right. You got Fernando Tatis Jr., which you know you thought at the beginning of the year he was going to play, right? Big you had trade Machado. for Soto. Yeah, you had Unip trade. They have outscored the Padres. Here's the here's the uh, here's the it's it's one hundred five to forty seven. And it and like you know this last week it's been a moral victory to play them tight. <laughs> <laughs> I mean it's that's how that's how hard it is to be in the division with the Dodgers and they, you know I I, I think it uh, there's very little you can do sometimes when you when you run up against a team that plays smart and also spends a lot of money um, you know and, and does seems to do everything right. The one thing that the Dodgers do that maybe makes them um, gettable in some certain senses is this they silo their guys we talked this a little bit about this a little bit they they have guys who are just working on one thing and they're not allowed to see the rest you know because they might go work for the yankees next year and they don't want them you know taking dodger secrets away so you know that's a way to work if you have lots of dollars out there and you're spending it on eight phds you have eight phds in eight different rooms working on eight different things right but if you're yeah. the A's, I think what you need to do is foster a sense of, hey, we're all in this together. There is no siloing. Everybody sees everything and we communicate well and we're all in the same. We're pulling on the same rope. Uh, and that's the only chance I think that young uh, that that smaller market teams have is to uh, is to communicate really well uh, and be all on the same page. You know, yesterday I was talking to the athletic writer, of course, Eno Saris with the athletic. Everybody should subscribe. It's wonderful journalism uh we were talking about Shohei otani i said hey listen anytime you say anything bad about Shohei otani you look like an absolute jerk i get it but you know just kind of looking at it like there is this greatness that we have never seen and it's unbelievable but i'm wondering does it come at a price because i'm trying to figure out when you say Shohei Otani and he's in a bad situation in Anaheim, because normally we look at players and they say, well, they need to be in a bigger market with a team that spends money. Well, he is in a big market and they spend money. He, Trout, these guys are supposed to be the guys that help lead you to victory. But I think what we don't look at, tell me if I'm wrong, and if I'm just, as they used to say, picking boogers here. Um, <laughs> I'm looking at Shohei and I go, he is an individual player is great. But people looking at it from a standpoint saying, hey, he he's one guy to in, doing two different positions. And I go, well, I don't know. If you got to have a six-man rotation to make it work for his skills, I've got to have five other starting pitchers. I can't even find two or three. <laughs> and now with him, I've got to have six. We are now using the DH as a position where we just don't want that old guy who hits home runs. We want flexibility with the DH. With him, I don't have that flexibility. I love him offensively, but I've got to always have him at DH. He does nothing for me defensively. That's, that's really hundreds of innings where he just doesn't play. 
So I'm trying to think the model of yes, his individual his is like for that he'd work perfectly on the Dodgers. Okay. Dodgers, Yankees. There's not many teams. They like got that, extra. They have extra pitchers. They have extra players. There you, you know. go. They have There's the, got to be a lot of greatness around him. So I, I'm I'm not trying to poke at him saying he's not great. I'm just wondering as an individual, he's great. But if I got to win 162 games and he's my main piece, you start to look at the game plan there and go, eh, I'm not so sure. Am I completely wrong, or do you see what I'm getting at? No, totally. I mean, the thing that that that, that happens, you say have this war construct, wins above replacement. And usually it does what you're trying to do is take it away from who specifically replaces the player, right? It's a construct, it's a model, right? So, you know, Matt Olson has this uh, you know, wins above replacement. We're not talking about what happens when he sits down and you know who else who else is actually playing behind him. We're we're only just talking about this value in this system. However, with Shohei, you actually have to talk about who's actually replacing him because he himself creates the need for replacements. So he doesn't even DH every day of the week. He has to take a day off because the day after he pitches, you know, he needs to he needs to rest. So you're creating this situation where like, he gives you no defensive value. You need to have someone who can step into DH when he's not there. And then you also need to have an extra starting pitcher. So it is actually people always say, oh, there's got to be some value to to having that extra roster spot. He's two players in one roster spot. Yeah, that's true. I can't say that's not true, but he also breaks war in that he ha- you can't just be like, oh, you could do anything out of the roster spot. No, you know what you need to do with that extra roster spot? Put another starting pitcher in it. That's what you, that's what you got to do. So he puts constraints on what happens, you know, on the roster around him. So just saying like add war and then add some extra value for that extra roster spot, then you have to subtract some sort of uh, value of um, what's it called? Like just a flexibility, you know, like your roster is less flexible with him on it. You know, it's not the same as Chris Taylor. There was some research saying Chris Taylor is really valuable for his team because he can play everywhere. He's a, a batter who can play lots of different positions. He doesn't he doesn't create any problems. He doesn't, you know, because you have Chris Taylor doesn't mean you have, have to have extra other players. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you, because you have Chris Taylor doesn't mean you have to have another batter. It's just, it's just great to have Chris Taylor. He can play center. He can play short. He can play second. He 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 is a one man show. It's a little bit different with Shohei even though he is he is a one man show, and we don't need to take anything away from. Him. I mean, I, I I for those who think that he is the MVP, I totally get. It. He does two things remarkably well. He's probably a top ten pitcher and what like a top twenty, top thirty hitter. That's amazing to be both of those things. Yeah, so that's why we kind of look like jerks if we're bringing up that. But it's like, <laughs> well, we are about winning and we are about roster building. Uh, I want to. You'd be terrible you, on the A's. It would be a bad deal on the A's. Interesting. Yeah, that's interesting. You know, he's yeah. better. He's better, like you said, on the Yankees and the Dodgers because they do have the extra pitchers, you know, and they do have the extra fielders, you know. If the A's were like they want to play him every day. I think it would it would it would be like okay, I think the A's would have to play him every day. You know, my my last year playing at San Jose State was nineteen ninety five. I think I'd be better on the Dodgers. 
Just saying. They, they need some help. Uh, I, I noticed in my notes yesterday something, and I want to ask you uh, as we get out of here. Um, I noticed there's so many teams that are, like, literally dying going to the – I mean, dying. They're falling flat on their face. Uh, you can just go through it. This team's lost, you know – 12 out of 15. I mean, it's down the line. You want to, where do you want to go? You want to go Mariners, Orioles, Phillies. Phillies are falling on their face. We just saw it now that the Twins and the White Sox, White Sox has just lost eight in a row. Uh, Padres. I mean, we're forget about the bad teams. We're talking about teams in contention that are just literally their bullpens are a dumpster fire. Their players are out of gas. Is this something that you have seen? a lot recently or is this just a year we're going to look back and go wow maybe it's the september call-ups that are not allowed the reinforcements are not allowed but there there's something to me going on that there are so many teams here they see the finish line they can see the tape all the people there there's there's guys with gatorade cups waiting for them and they're tripping (laughs) they're waiting to get and then they're just all just collapsing before the finish line what's going on well, I haven't looked at it to see if it is actually worse this year than ever before, but uh, it is an intriguing idea. And there is something different about now than than ever before. Uh, there's a few things. One, um, we haven't had like a two or three year run of just like regular seasons. You know, I mean, like we have this, yeah. we still have that missing, you know, 2020 where they're just like nobody threw 200 innings, like nobody even threw like 100 innings. You know, so like if you're a pitcher, you just don't have that like, oh, I've been, I've been. I've been good for three to five years. No, you've had that one year where you're just, you pitched the one third of the year. Um, and then we've had, yeah, the rule changes all happening around it. The ball changing is all happening around it. Um, and then the last thing that's uh, coming to a head is, you know, we used to have starting pitchers used to go around six and relievers went three and, uh, and starting pitchers had a, a earned run average in our that was about a, a run higher than relievers. And the nerds looked at it and said, well, that doesn't make any sense. We need to throw more relievers because they're better. Uh, and so over time, we've come to this point now where starting pitchers throw four and a half innings on average and relievers throw four and a half innings on average. But if you look at the numbers, what we haven't figured out is how to keep those relievers healthy. And we haven't been doing this for a very long time. You know what I mean? We haven't been pushing bullpens this hard for a very long time. What we might be in the middle of figuring out is if you throw relievers for four and a half innings at a time, and also the new rule where you can't just option them down and get a fresh arm, you know, uh, like they used to just keep optioning, just have like, you know, three extra relievers that you keep bringing up and optioning down. The combination of all those trends could be related, just a lot of fatigue in those bullpens. And I think that's a big part of what you see when you see a team collapsing in September is just the bullpen not being able to to hold any leads. Well, I got to tell you, I love doing this every week because you make this show flat out smarter. And uh, next week when we talk, it's postseason. We're talking postseason. Are you excited about that? I mean, it's a tournament. It's truly a tournament now. I like I like 
that it's not one game anymore. I know that was kind of fun, you know, everything's on the line, blah, 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 but like one game, like I remember, you know, the, the, the A's tried so like played so hard and got into the postseason. It was just like one game against the Yankees. You know, <laughs> it's like yeah. throwing Liam Hendricks in the first and here we go. <laughs> <laughs> that out? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, I, I like that they had three games at least. Um, and uh, I, I, I'm also interested to see how those buy teams, uh, do because there are there are baseball things that can go away in three days your maximum speed your uh, your maximum bat speed uh, they can go away in three to five days so if you're sitting for five days uh, I hope you're throwing that machine on really high velo and 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 staying warm because uh, it would it would suck to take five days off and then have that post all-star break oh oh right yeah that's what 98 looks like uh, and- so it, interesting for to watch the buy team see how they do and then also next week, not only will we talk about the playoffs, but now you feel it. It's fall. It's football weather. Your beer drinking taste starts to change, right? Soon before you know it, it's Halloween. Then it's Thanksgiving, getting into Christmas. So I have, a, I have a couple of stouts to recommend next week for sure. I love it. You have a wonderful weekend with the family, my friend. We'll talk to you next week. All right. Thanks for having me. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.